Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So, Joseph, you cry a lot. Is Uh that correct? That is, I do. A thing that often aids crying or other forms of expressive emotion is therapy, correct? I wouldn't know anything about that. I wouldn't know anything about it either. However, BetterHelp.com is online counseling that is there for you. Connect with your counselor in a safe environment and a private environment. If you've been wanting to talk, get started today or go to BetterHelp.com slash T-H-O-T. That's BetterHelp.com slash T-H-O-T. As always, the promo code is T-H-O-T. Welcome to Food for Thought, a podcast gab fest where in a multiracial mix of queer writers gather around the table to talk about sex, identity, culture, what we like to read, and who we like to read. Yes, 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 yes. Food for Thought, a show where the witches hunt you. <laughs> Done. I'm Done. Fran. I'm a writer. I'm an editor. And uh, I'm on my third night out in Los Angeles, which is why I sound like Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> I'm Dennis Norris II, and I'm a reader, a writer, a former figure skater. And despite the fact that I am a grown-ass woman, I still giggle at jokes about Uranus. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. He's flirting with me. <laughs> I'm so ready. I will flirt with you all night long. <laughs> I am Joseph Osmondson, scientist, nonfiction writer, and I, I need a man to take a chance on a love that will burn hot enough to last. Oh, oh. oh. sentimental. Yes. Wow. Um, <laughs> I'm Shani Nicholas, and I'm an astrologer and a writer. And I don't know how to say Uranus. <laughs> you know, you some people this. believe in God. Me, myself, I believe in Cheney Nicholas. Uh, in the studio, we have astrologer. No pressure, though. No pressure. Astrologer extraordinaire, high priestess of Queer Witch Twitter, uh, Chani. Thank you so much Thank for joining you. us today and filling Thank in for tea. Thank you so much for having me. What do we have on the menu this week, Joseph? Yeah, this week we swipe left on Gemini's, as always. Oh. <laughs> we fix your life the way only a good Virgo can. Mm. For our main course, we look for answers in the stars. And for our dessert, we give you some sex education. Take it away. Mm. I'm feeling a little peckish, so let's start the top of this show the way any good top should. A little tease, a little something to wet your palates and minds. It's the amuse-bouche. And today we're going to amuse your bouches uh, with a little game of swipe right, swipe left. Uh, we're treating it like Tinder, so swiping mm-hmm. left is like the bad thing, <sighs> and swiping right is like mm. the good thing. Um, I personally don't use Tinder, uh, but, you know, I've heard <laughs> that the kids uh, like it. Um, okay, <laughs> so swipe right, swipe left. Lindsay Lohan's new reality show, Beach Club. Gosh, I haven't seen it. Full disclosure, I also have not seen it. No, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, but I'm so happy it exists. I am absolutely swiping right. Mm -hmm. I want her to thrive. I also swipe right. She's been through so much. Mm. 
Jenny <laughs> is looking at Joseph with the utmost disbelief. I just astrally projected. Like, I am no longer a sentient Jenny has being. instantly become my favorite guest to ever oh, be on Oh, my God. Channy's <laughs> look. One day I learned how to control that. Your that look was, was so meaner funny. than anything that Matt Rogers said to me. <laughs> control it never learn how to control it <laughs> what happened is everything that she's done like for the past 10 years kind of flashed before my eyes and i was like do we care anymore does she need to take up any more space i don't know if we need to give a white woman that is that messy another shot that I is true know. that is listen <laughs> I know. Thank I you, Channy, for keeping it real. Okay. Um, I guess that's left. <laughs> that is a, a hard left. You understand the game. You definitely understand the game. Swipe right, swipe left, Scorpios. Oh, God. Channy. How are you feeling, Channy? She's sweating. She's sweating. I feel like I have to like, rep for my entire profession. Um, I don't like that. I, uh, I, I swipe right on sleeping with Scorpios and swipe left on literally any other activity with oh, them. that's so rude. <laughs> oh, my God. Kenya. Oh. <laughs> She'll be fine. I, I swipe right on Scorpios. I'm already, I'm always ready for a good time. Like, wow. let's okay, keep it exciting thanks. and interesting. <laughs> I swipe left on sun sign bashing. Oh. We're stereotyping. Yes. That's the real. Hope you didn't listen to the rest of our season. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, anyways, let me just scrap the, the rest of the 50 minutes of material that I have here. Um, do you want to come back in an hour? Uh, <laughs> swipe right, swipe left, deadlines. Oh. Wow. I, we have all Channy's reactions, the uh, nonverbals are so strong. Honestly, I'm, so I'm, fully, I'm fully attacking Channy right now because she has a book with deadline in like five days. <laughs> <laughs> it's very <embarrassing>. soon. <laughs> I will swipe right. They keep me on track. I need them in order to create work. I will I, swipe right. I also swipe right. They're mm, great. Interesting. I mean, come on. Have you met me? <laughs> what's, a, what's a deadline? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Dennis literally does not. Oh, yes. Messy. Messy. I mean, it, so works. it works for it, you? It does. It does work for me. To an extent. Wow. See, I love that. Me. It doesn't work for me. And mm. my deadline is really the moon most of the time. And then like other that. deadlines, it's like they're good for me, but also with the big deadlines, yeah. Sometimes they don't work, and then I just feel guilt. Mm, uh, yeah, uh-huh. it's a cute thing. Yeah. yeah, they make me feel very and anxious. Anxiety. I have a yeah. lot of anxiety so around them, anxiety. but they do. You know, it gives me something to shoot towards. And, I, and one yeah. of the things I like about working in academia is sort of the cycle of stress yeah. and then release. release. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, mm-hmm. I like deadlines for that. It's like yeah. I get anxious, it's done, and then I t- sort of give myself a breath. Yeah. yeah. This is the first book I've ever written, and it's so horrible. the release. No one should and ever the release do it. is never. It's like it yeah. will never come. It, yeah. 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 So it's so hard to keep myself creatively yeah. like on track and understanding like how to recoup the energy. Very, very true. It's so it's just like out and then out and then seven miles more yep. of work and then and then yeah. touring and then press and it's crazy. But even just to get through the yeah. editing process, oh it's like how then I have to do, uh, oh my god, all the other little mm-hmm. yeah, anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> swipe right, swipe left, uh, Michelle Obama's Balenciaga boots. All together. Swipe right. So hard right. Swipe right. Um, Swipe right, swipe left. Uh, The TV show Charmed. 
The, the new we, one? The new one or the, the old one? Well, I don't, well, you tell me. Well, I was thinking the new one, the you reboot. You like the new one? No, no, no. I'm not saying I like it. I'm saying I put it on the question because there was a lot of controversy around yeah. around rebooting Charmed. Tell and me I was about curious it. Well, the way they did it. What's the, the way they way cast they it. it? They cast folks of a certain ethnicity for a reason, but then they weren't that. And then they also were casting women of color to still be witches in a way that was very Eurocentric instead uh, of going into their yeah. own personal lineages of, of witchness, witchhood, right, right, whatever yeah. you want to say, witchcraft. Mm-hmm. So it was like a lot of misses. It was like a, <laughs> a it seemed like a lot of missed opportunities. Because yep, yep, yep. how fascinating right would it be to go into different lineages yeah. mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. of of witchcraft sorcery. and sorcery and, yeah. and, yeah. and histories? Of, and, and yeah. I yeah. mean, geographically, there's got to yeah. be so much so different things there. Yeah. yeah. That's, and why yeah, are we never talking about indigenous? Ways of living mm-hmm. on the earth, which is what witchcraft is, or what it's, we talk about when we're talking about witches, and why are we here always creating things and never having the original people mm-hmm. as part of it? But mm-hmm. amazing, probably be a similar answer. But swipe right, swipe left. The new Sabrina the Teenage Witch series. Did you watch it? Jenny? I felt like that was also yes. I did watch it. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch the special Christmas thing or no, whatever. I couldn't either. But I felt like it was also such a missed opportunity because why are we even putting the patriarchy in the center of the story in the yeah. fucking oh, per- wow. first place? Right, Just right, have right, it right, right. be female dominated, femme dominated witchery. Really? Like yeah. what? What's the point? And they already of the had, devil. They were thing. inspired by feminism. Like there were feminist plot points in that series that never really came to fruition because right. they constantly had to report to the men. You yeah. know, or right. like be beholden <laughs> to men's plot points in some way. You know, mm. yeah, right. Um, and the one black character is on house arrest the whole time. Yeah, the one black queer, the one right. queer character as well. See. Kind of. Um, like it was just like. Yeah. A mess. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Uh, swipe right, swipe left, Lizzo. Oh, swipe right. Right. Swipe right. Obviously. One of my what favorite. a hell love. Of my phones. I love her. <laughs> <laughs> also, that her new song Juice. I'm sorry, I'm obsessed. It's so, incredible. Yeah. The yeah, video is incredible. Amazing. The visuals, and she just works so hard, so and she hard. is giving us. Mm. Everything, everything every day mm-hmm. everything, she is every giving day. us everything content every single day, every day. That and is Instagram is amazing I can say like she is as joyous and as beautiful and as loving and as sweet and as charming in real life as she is and that she is a total gem of a human being I think uh, she's just total love like I love I, I adore her I love it professionally what personally all what of sign it. is she again she's Taurus Oh right! Oh, so <laughs> you do that, so that makes but she has so a really but but more than that, she has a really big Jupiter signature. Mm-hmm. So her like abundance and her ability mm. to give and her ability to be big and her ability to like to like kind of like bounce back and her her whole thing is like Teflon, you know, like she's like I'm gonna be happy and I'm gonna be okay. loud and I'm gonna be myself and that's very Jupiter. So that's mm. very much her Jupiter sun. It's not really Taurian. Mm. <laughs> that also makes sense. I am yeah. Yeah, amazing. Truly. And I can only say that because she wanted me to do her chart for Teen Vogue, and then she also put out her astrology like yesterday on, yeah, yeah, yeah. on Instagram or whatever. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying anything that yeah, yeah, of <laughs> that isn't out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <gasps> okay, swipe right, swipe left. Taking a break from social media. Right. Mm. In theory, sounds no. like a great idea. <laughs> I personally. What does have a break that. constitute? It's like an hour. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> a day, a day, a weekend. 
a day or a weekend or at times weeks. Like we, well, our co-host Tommy, who's not here, like could take, will delete his social media. Delete like, it, yeah, for like oh. months. <gasps> really? Yeah. Does he get so much done? He gets he so gets much so more much work. Done. Done. The girl has, has cranked, cranked out four bucks in four and years. it's when it comes back to your question what? about deadlines. It's like Tommy self-imposes these deadlines, and then as they approach, and he's not done the work, deletes all social media. I also don't want to glorify this done. because Tommy's okay. a sociopath. Yes, and absolutely <laughs> correct. A hundred percent true. <sighs> Um, I've so I increasingly use social media as a place to workshop writing. Yes. So in a way, I, I think yeah. it's really hard for those of us whose social media presence is a part of our job yes. as well. Yeah. And also, also like going in, it's like going into the like what is that like book that you have like writing like prompts right yeah, yeah, like yeah. I go exactly. there for prompts and totally. I'm like oh yeah. that's an interesting way to say that or think yeah, about exactly. that or do that so I do go in there for inspiration and then lose seven hours uh-huh. I, definitely, go there for I definitely reason. do accidental social media breaks where I'm like hiking yeah. and then there's no cell phone service right yeah. and I think that I find to be really restorative but I don't yeah. necessarily go to do that thing because it's going to be a social media break it's just like to get out of my life and routine but yeah. it ends yeah. up being that when I have dinner with you or when I'm hanging out with you absolutely Off. no phone yep. yeah mm-hmm. same mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, 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 very important. I don't, I can't, I don't think I could ever workshop my work in a social media space. Yeah. Really. Primarily because I, you know, don't trust other people's opinions. <laughs> but, uh, I love other people's opinions. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm being <laughs> facetious. Um, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> um, swipe right, swipe left, Priyanka Chopra and Nick Jonas getting married. <sighs> All right. <laughs> And that sounds like a great place to end. Uh. <laughs> Get out your coin purses, benches. It's time for Penny for Your Thoughts. That's Woo. right. This is the segment we're in. Um, you know, as Joseph says, three absolutely horrible trash can't get their lives together people and Channy Nicholas will will answer to the questions that y'all send through each week um, uh, just to clarify again we are deeply unqualified to answer these I'm questions I'm doctor <laughs> shut up I'm the doctor <laughs> Joseph <laughs> I'm always trying for a doctor erasure I'm that sorry is doctor Joseph Osmondson shut up how dare you um, but we we had some good ones this week and honestly like I, I they're all just it's just me it's me pretending <laughs> pretending to write in so that I can get advice from Chandler. One of your class. 17 um, Finstas. <laughs> yeah, that's really it. Um, okay, so the first one we got in is, uh, how have you all dealt with the dreaded imposter syndrome in your career, life, love, or sexuality? At times, I feel unworthy of love and my career, and I'm trying to change my own mind. If I had an answer for that, I feel like, you know, I would be doing a lot better. But I think imposter syndrome is something that all of all, at least I can speak for the thoughts that is something that we all deal with pretty consistently. Um, Especially as queer people, I feel like we are just constantly told multiple times that we are, you know, less extraordinary than we actually are. um, And that, you know, sets us back a little bit. But I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, I the, one of the things that is frustrating to me about, about imposter syndrome, and I think why it's a syndrome, is I always think it'll go away. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, once I get my PhD, it'll go away. Mm-hmm. Like, once I publish a book, it'll go away. Once I do X, it'll go away. And it just never does. It, it kind of has a lot to do with me with my class issues as well. Like, uh, I'll never not feel poor, I think, because I mm-hmm. spent my f- entire foundational portion of my life feeling poor. And mm-hmm. so uh, I try to, um, you know, 
it's on the one hand, you try to undo the negative self-talk, like mm-hmm. actively be like, oh, that thought pattern is toxic and it's not healthy for me and it's not true. Uh, and on the other hand, it's like I really have to accept that, um, you know, issues of class and queerness and imposter syndrome are just a part of who I am. Mm-hmm. And it's all, and it also kind of motivates me to work really hard and mm-hmm. do better. So it's like it, it's both trying to undo, but also ex- just accept that it's going to be a component of my life. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that I think that um, that's a really wise point of view. I think for me, this is like a super tough question because, like, for most people, it's something that I'm always dealing with: being brown, being queer, um, being a creative, and trying to build a career in a creative space. But there's a couple of ways in which I think I can talk about it. Like, one is that. The two biggest places in my life where I tend to feel imposter syndrome is in love and romance. It's not so much feeling like I don't deserve those things as a queer person. It's more like once I, when I really fall hard for someone, it can sometimes be really difficult for me to to understand why they might be interested in me. And so that feels like imposter syndrome in a, in a slightly different way, like imposter syndrome in the context of the two of us. And so mm. um, that's something that I sort of always have to just like – like sort of trying to critique why I feel that way and think through that has to sort of stay on a low burn in my head and in my heart. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And the other place where I sometimes feel it is in my career. And I try to actually, what I try to do is flip it around. So I try to think, okay, let's think about why I feel imposter syndrome here. I feel imposter syndrome here um, possibly because of what I, something that I've accomplished at my age, possibly because of something that I've accomplished as a person of color or a queer person in, a, in an area where perhaps there aren't a lot of us. Mm-hmm. And then I try to look at that fact. Like if, if, if society is telling me that I shouldn't be in this position and I'm still in this position, like it's okay for me to feel a little bit like an imposter mm. because I'm actually not an imposter. Like if mm. I'm in this, if I'm in this position that I'm not supposed to be in, then actually, like, that's a good thing. And I just have to ask myself, like, step up to the plate and do what you're what you're trying to do. So I sort of try to flip it into, like, feeling good about the fact that I'm doing something that maybe I, like, shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. Or, like, mm-hmm. that, that I might feel like I'm not qualified to do. Does that make any sense? Or yeah. is that crazy? So what I was going to say, <clears throat> I think it's the other way of what, how to say what you're saying, is that I think it's important to interrogate what we feel like an imposter within mm-hmm. instead of interrogating the imposter syndrome say well what is the thing what is that professional thing that i think i'm an imposter of mm-hmm. like what the fuck is that mm-hmm. because nobody is perfect or ready or done mm-hmm. or complete in and of themselves in any way shape or form because we're all supposed to be growing and learning and mm-hmm. evolving mm-hmm. and so why not interrogate the system mm-hmm. that tells me there's a place yes. to yeah. get to mm-hmm. that i am not ever going to fit into so when you were talking I was also thinking of in kind of more personal ways how that can land with me like if I'm in spaces with my wife where our union is like not at all recognized it's really intense Mm -hmm. to be in places where people are like oh that's when are you guys when are like when are you getting married to an opposite sex person like we get Uh, asked stuff like that a lot and even after we say that we're married people like don't hear it or don't register it (laughs) (laughs) in certain situations in certain contexts right and so the the what has to then arise from the self is a like fuck that system yeah. that where you yeah. can't even you, even when you I say the words they don't even land, don't land. in you because it's not part of your reality mm-hmm. so like let's let's deconstruct yep. that reality op- interrogate it yep. and say why can't 
this exist as it's existed throughout time mm-hmm. in in your reality like where at where the fuck am i right yes. exactly and it's so easy to have that feel like that can that comes in at you and can come in into your romantic spaces mm-hmm. into your erotic self <sighs> into the and the erotic self is the creative self so mm-hmm. our work and our sex and our everything in between it's all connected right mm-hmm. so however i'm able to find a way to connect and have a relationship with that mm-hmm. and trust it more than the systems that I'm in exactly the yes. freer I am to do what mm-hmm. I need to do with it right yes. because that like that quintessential perfect version of your sexual self or your career self or whatever is such an artifice like yeah. it just it's not yeah. a thing yeah. I also this is really unfortunate but I like I someone who like really can't hear a positive thing said about me I, I really mm. I, I really can't I can't believe a positive thing said about me unless someone tells me over oh, and over and over mm-hmm. again so like I my answer one another answer to this question is like if you surround yourself with people that are constantly reminding you that you're worthy of the things mm-hmm. that you're pursuing that you're worthy of the things that um, that you're trying to accomplish and that you're not you don't have to you know as you say subscribe to this like artifice or whatever yeah. I think those people have been kind of like the most life-giving and life-saving like you know uh, things that have like made me believe that I could do honestly anything yeah. in my career. And it's, yeah. it's so, it, on the career side, I find as someone who's trying to negotiate a career that is not down a traditional path where yeah. I have like a job and a creative practice yeah. and all of it is work all of the time. But like I'm kind of saying fuck you to the norms that say if you're a college teacher, you can't also write about sex yeah. openly, right? Yeah. And like that is both deeply queer and like has a lot to do with late capitalism because yeah. like one job is often not enough mm-hmm. to support us right. and creative workers always have to have a hustle, right? Yeah. And And I, I feel like I get a lot of imposter syndrome from that because we're not supposed to act that way. It's right. like you're supposed to have a career right. and a job and that's supposed mm-hmm. to pay the bills and it's sort of, that's supposed to be your life. And so it's been really tough for me to negotiate. And And I think you're right. It's about looking inside and being excited about your projects and understanding yourself and kind of saying fuck you to the system that tries to constrain the possibilities of your career. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I also like what you said about having it make you more competitive. Mm-hmm. Like I, I like the way in which mm-hmm. my competitive self wants to wants to beat out that part of me that feels mm-hmm. like an imposter, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, well, fuck you. Then I'll learn more and I'll get better mm-hmm. and I'll work harder and I'll be smarter about yeah. what it is that I'm doing and I will find my way of doing this. That's right. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Power yeah. to that. <laughs> yeah. um, one more. How do you make friends as an adult? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All of us are like, oh. you don't. <laughs> Next question. You work with people that you think are interesting. <laughs> this person says, oh. uh, they, <laughs> they say, I just moved to a new city um, and have to move again in, in the next year thanks to your immigration system. Ugh, fuck America. Uh, first of uh. all, like, to, like uh, for, for the person who asked, asked this question, like, we're so sorry that's happening to you. Like, yeah. this is like absolutely, uh, we live in a bogus country and like, uh, you know, as someone who's like, you know, moved in to many different cities in a very short amount of time, short amount, short amounts of time mm-hmm. I know that it's like moving has been like the hardest thing that I've ever had to do like yeah. uh, I would even say I would venture to say that moving to New York in a lot of ways was almost harder than coming out of the closet like mm-hmm. it was a really really tough thing you know mm-hmm. um, I don't know how to begin to answer this question when it comes to making friends I always yeah. go for it I think you volunteer 
Mm-hmm. You show up mm-hmm. consistently and repetitively and as much as you possibly can for mm-hmm. whatever interests you. You go, you're early, you say, I can do this, I can be of service this way. You make yourself available. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you, yeah, I think being of service is the best way to do that. And then to find that. people that you're also like, that you're have all the same interests with and can do, do a project with. Because mm-hmm. if you're not in school, uh, mm-hmm. taking a class is a great way to meet people sometimes. Mm-hmm. But like, oh, if yeah. you're not in school, like finding colleagues in some way, like you all created this podcast, mm-hmm. not because someone was like, I'm going to give you $50 million to mm-hmm. do it, but because probably you wanted to like come together and have an interesting conversation and have relationship. Mm-hmm. And this is a very related mm-hmm. way of being, right? I yeah. really love your use of the word colleague too, because I think colleague has like this kind of career oriented weight to it. And it doesn't, it shouldn't have to have that. Mm-hmm. Like a colleague, uh, the definition of a colleague should be people that you work laterally with on truly anything yeah. or yeah. people that you are in who are you are peers with but you also work alongside or adjacent to each other like yeah. that's a colleague um yeah. as i was uh thinking about how i made friends moving through grad school and out of grad school uh, i read like one of those pop psychology articles that said that the two things that make friendships kind of naturally happen are like inform lots of informal interactions and mm. like seeing someone consistently without yeah. having to make plans right yeah. mm-hmm. so it's like being able to like shoot the shit talk like about a tv show or like those small mm. informal interactions that are low pressure those and then sort of the consistency yeah um and that's why it's easy to make friends at work right yeah. and mm-hmm. that's why it's easy to make friends i, I think volunteering or having yeah. you know doing it's it's so cliche but doing like a sports team right those yeah. so yeah. those like those routine yeah. informal interactions where You're they're low of- pressure and you build up little by little and tacking onto that i always tell people because i i'm someone who deals with like a lot of social anxiety there are a lot of reasons why it's like difficult to step out the door sometimes uh and i you know if you're someone like that at home i always say like think about how you were would treat um friendship or the act of like trying to go and make friends or going to volunteer go, putting yourself out there if you were paid a certain dollar amount an, an hour to do it if you treated it like your job if you treated it like your if you treated it like with with um in a way that like you know had a systemized you know if you had like a reward system of some kind like think about like how you would go about that um but i, I don't know i know that's like a joe's like cringing because he's like why are you making this a capitalist endeavor it's uh, like it's such a tourist i know thing. it really yeah. and i'm but like whatever works though. so i'm like i'm like no I, I'm someone I, that who, feels wrong to when me when things are too amorphous i have to like concretize <laughs> them with like yeah. weird structures or with rules and i know that's so stupid but if that trick that, works for you stupid. you know that happens yeah. but another thing that i was going to say is because this person is specifically in like a transient space they're moving to Twice in two so years. Hard. Mm. I super duper believe in the power of internet friends and, yes. and how mm-hmm. much how life saving that can yeah. be and like you know find your community online wherever that may be whether you know it's like in a Facebook group or whether it's on like pottermore.com or like uh, on a Tori Amos messaging board or you know yeah. whatever that you want to whatever place you like find people that are like yeah. you on the internet and that that shit is so real like I mean a lot of people love Roxanne Gay she's talked about the fact that she made friends yeah. when she was in yeah. graduate school and in a really rural place where she didn't know anyone yeah. through um through Twitter, through doing Scrabble online. Like, these things are... It's that, it, it. I mean, it's not the way that, like, I've necessarily done it, but I, I would. I. It's Digital friendship is, is really real. I mean, how fun is it? How fun was it to get that Everlane that box? That Everlane box oh was my. better oh, than my God. Literally Christmas. It what? launched my unboxing career. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Everlane only makes premium essentials using the finest materials without traditional markups. And they tell you their real costs so you know you're never overpaying. 
Essentials like their Cotton Crew t-shirt are exactly what they should be. Simple, stylish, and made from quality materials. Oh, that Weekender bag? That Ooh. is that it's is, so cute. It is it's so mm-hmm. essential on my travels now because it fits right underneath the right, right, the right. seat in front of me. I love yeah. the black mock neck that I'm wearing right now. I uh, I also have a great bag. The bag I got the backpack and it has this little like place where I put my computer in and it keeps yeah. it away from everything. I got this a white is, cap and uh, it's full of my tinted moisturizer. <laughs> this is like this is like the bag ad because I'm going to talk about my um, magazine tote, which I'm obsessed with. It is so cute. It's beautiful and classic, and it makes me feel like a rich. Bench. <laughs> uh, Everlane's timeless essentials are just what you're looking for. No frills, just quality. And right now, you can check out our personalized collection at everlane.com slash T-H-O-T. T-H-O-T. Plus, you'll get free shipping on your first order. That's everlane.com slash T-H-O-T. Everlane.com slash T-H-O-T. So, Fran, yeah? you of emotionally dissociating. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Have you ever thought about therapy? What is standing between you and happiness? Honestly, I don't know. BetterHelp.com counseling is there for you. BetterHelp.com makes it easy to connect with a licensed professional counselor specializing in the issues that you care about. Depression, stress and anxiety, trauma, grief, self-esteem, hot messery, and others. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't know about any of those things, of Dennis. Of course you would enjoy. Everyone who follows your Twitter will disagree. Connect with counselors in a safe and private environment. Get help on your own time and at your own pace. Schedule secure video and phone session and you can start communicating with a therapist in under 24 hours. And I just have to say, we talk a lot on this show about therapy and therapists, but it's really privileged to say that because that requires health insurance and co-pays are a lot. So there's some other alternatives out there that are right for people who might not have access to all that. So use whatever is out there for you. Food for Thought listeners, you get 10% off your first month with discount code, what is it, y'all? T-H-O-T. If you've been wanting to talk, get started today at betterhelp.com slash T-H-O-T. Simply fill out the questionnaire, help them assess your needs, and get matched with a counselor you'll love and one that you can always change. That's betterhelp.com slash T-H-O-T. As always, the promo code is T-H-O-T. This message comes from iHeartRadio sponsor, Mercury Insurance. If you're looking to save some money, you should really think about getting a quote from Mercury because Californians save an average of $677 with Mercury. It's quick and easy, and in just a few minutes, you might find you could save a lot of money on your auto and home insurance. Plus, Mercury was named one of America's best insurance companies by Insure.com four years in a row. Low rates, big discounts, great insurance. Go to mercuryinsurance.com today to get a quote. It's crazy how much we have to pay for outdated, impersonal health care, and even crazier that we all just accept it. It's time to face facts. Healthcare is backwards. Luckily, there's Forward, a new approach to primary care that's surprisingly personal and refreshingly straightforward. Forward never makes you feel like just another patient. Backed by top-rated doctors and the latest tech, Forward gives you access to personalized care whenever you need it. Using in-depth genetic analysis and real-time blood work, Forward's top-rated doctors provide you with in-depth insights to better understand your genetics, mental, and physical health. They then create custom, easy-to-understand plans to help guide you to achieving long-term health. With Forward, you get unlimited in-person visits with your doctor and access to care anytime via the Forward app, all for one flat monthly fee. It's time to stop accepting backwards health care and start moving your health forward. Visit GoForward.com today to learn more. 
That's GoForward.com. Hi, everyone. It's Katie Couric, here to tell you that my podcast, Next Question, is back with a whole new season. New guests, new topics, same curious me. My next question. My next question. My next question. So here's my next question. I want to talk about all the things, like how we're going to get to a post-COVID world. Can you even imagine it? How to heal from the trauma of this year and how to find and share joy despite it all. Join me for season three of Next Question with Katie Couric. New episodes every Thursday. Subscribe and listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey, I'm Gabrielle Collins, period drama nerd, and your behind-the-scenes guide to Bridgerton. On Bridgerton, the official podcast, we're learning how this fantasy world dipped in history came to life. Daphne, her costume design really is about the elegance of simplicity. It's just color and shape. We went old school. And we got two scenic artists in who painted the backings for us by hand. These dukes are all like in their late 20s, early 30s. Almost all of them are unmarried, really good looking, and none of them have syphilis. Can you imagine when he looks into your eyes and then he dips you? We just heard this sort of ripping sound. Yep, I think there's just been a wardrobe malfunction. Listen to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your favorite shows. Mm. <laughs> it's time we get into the meat of our discussion, the thought process, if you will, spell T-H-O-T. T-H-O-T. And for our healthy helping of meat and potatoes today, uh, the theme of this episode is astrology. Oh. Um, <laughs> when I was just a young girl growing up in a conservative suburb of Chicago, I was told by my mother that astrology was the devil. Um, no offense to astrology, but my mother also thought that Harry Potter was the devil, as well as Hocus Pocus, Olivia Newton-John, and all Hot Topic stores. Um, but it's interesting to me, looking back now, that the very reason my mother was trying to warn me of what she thought was kind of like a gateway drug into devil worship was actually like the very thing that would help me find a sense of spirituality. Um, uh, that I had abandoned for almost a decade. Um, the very you know that my parents had given given me. Um, what was she scared of anyway? And I think um, to you, anyone, she was afraid of you becoming exactly who you are <laughs> right now. This, and then this. God gave her a queer witch son. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Who dresses in uh, all black with red nails. <laughs> um, and anyways, to, to anyone who doesn't really subscribe to astrology in general as like a thing, like what do they fear? Um, mm. So I'm curious, like Chani, we were talking a little bit off the mic about this, but like mm. what do you think people fear in astrology when they fear it? I think the reason why people fear astrology so much is that it is such an ancient fear of two things. One, of being in contact with a system that can communicate directly to you. Mm -hmm. Two, of being fucked over by people that don't have your best intentions at heart. And that's real because mm -hmm. human beings are astrologers and human beings are all kinds of wonderful and messy and horrible. And mm -hmm. have so like any profession... There are, you know, people with a great agenda and people that don't have. And so we have, we astrologers have been mostly 
for most of, you know, Western history kind of like pushed into a corner of people that don't have uh, good intentions. So we're just trying to get your money and we're just trying to freak you out and get you to come back and get another reading and like have you be hooked on our information kind of thing. So we need you to need us. That doesn't sound anything like organized religion. Irish Catholic, you said. That doesn't sound familiar to me at all. They want my money and they want me to keep coming back to give confession because I've done horrible things. I mean, see, so like we were in, like they thought they felt like we were a threat. Yeah. So the Catholic Church, Christian, how do you say that? It's the Catholic Church, right? Is the institution. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Felt a threat, but then and then so then you look at other like religions, like bigger religions, like Judaism, and like. Rabbi, there is a rabbi uh, mm. that is a very famous rabbi, uh, uh, Abraham Ibn Ezra, who other rabbis to this day will quote is, uh, because he's known as a rabbi and a Jewish philosopher, but he was also an astrologer mm-hmm. oh, wow. uh, and a huge, a very like important astrologer because he was translating texts from much earlier. And so he was, he was, par- he's part of both of those traditions, mm-hmm. but in Jewish community, in like traditional Jewish community or more conservative Jewish community, you would never hear anyone talk about astrology because it's against God. Mm-hmm. Because mm. I think that as the world, as the Western world, we can say, like became more and more like having to deal with the puritanical nature of Christianity or the mm-hmm. Catholic Church, mm-hmm. then everybody else had to too. Right. right? So right, the right, more right, right. and more all other religions or ways of being had to like strip themselves of any kind of notions of magic or connection to the earth. Because uh-huh. really, mm. astrology is just an observation of the sky, right. and it's an it's an observation of the correlation of the nature of the planets, and and then the nature of minerals and plants and herbs and temperaments in the body here on Earth. Right, 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 right. right. So I it's really, just correlative. I really like that. I think it's important to uh, define astrology actually for our listeners, and I also wondering what to you because you gave us a little bit of it, but what to you is like the biggest like. Uh, a bad definition of astrology. <laughs> What's the one that everyone else says that you're like the one that's sure. the one that is very, very, very uh, understandably prolific and also incredibly shallow is science. Mm, exactly, it's okay. just to base an entire system of knowledge, which again is about the observation of the quality of light and rhythm of planets in the sky, down to the little pieces of sky that they move through based on the constellations. Mm-hmm. They're, 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 the same, they're two parts of the same system, but and they're, they're necessary. Like signs are places where planets in, live and inhabit and rule and have better times in and worse times in, but they are not the be-all, end-all. So we've boiled down everything because memes are fun. Dennis, you're someone who doesn't know anything about astrology. <laughs> <laughs> Literally nothing. <laughs> people are, people, I'll tell people, what like, oh, your- I'm a Sagittarius. Well, I'll tell people, oh, I'm a Sagittarius, and then they'll say something like, oh, that means you're blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, uh-huh. Uh. <laughs> what do you think? I'm, I want to know what you think astrology is so that we can, you know, understand how it's misunderstood. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm messy. Just kidding. <laughs> Producer the, Alex says messy. What I'm actually getting through it to is like, I think for a really long time, I thought of astrology as divination as yes, and yes, as yes. something that is supposed to like foreclose on my future. Right. And or I think, change it even. And I think that when we, when people, when people's only entry points are like reading horoscopes, like in the newspaper that might be what they're thinking what I'm curious like what but that's not you really how like my understanding of astrology has like grown you know like I think well 
there's also it's good to note that there there is a, a branch of astrology that can be used specifically for divination. So you could come to me with a question and ask it to me, and the moment that I hear it, okay. I take a I take a snapshot of the sky and I read an answer for you wow. based on the moment that you t- the based on the moment that I understand your question. Okay. There is a mm. chart for that, and that can be used to tell you yes, it's a good idea. Mm, doesn't look like a good idea. Right. It's going to have some problems. It might come to pass, but it might not be what you think. Okay. Or yes, it's a total go. Wow, fascinating. So there is that way that you can use it. But then there's also the the moment that you take your first breath, there's a snapshot of the sky. And, you, and it is, or you are, the you become the astrological amulet of that moment. Oh, that's so beautiful. Wow. Right? And so all the properties in that moment are constellated in you. Mm. And as you live and unpack your life and unpack your purpose and struggle and pursue and triumph and fail and all those things, you get to understand the ways in which that constellation can be mm. lived. But you have the choice of how you live inside of that constellation, inside of that amulet. Yeah. But the amulet is itself. I love that. That is so uh, meaningful to me. And really, one of the things that astrology did for me as I was growing through my 20s and unpacking my mm. life and figuring out who I was, was it helped me unpack a lot of toxic masculinity, yeah. actually, because I've always been a very emotional person. Yeah. Uh, and I was, you know, v- because I'm, I'm trained as a scientist, right? So I was sort of trained to reject other epistemologies, like, you know, Western Enlightenment rationality tells you that that's the one way to access capital T, capital yeah. T, the truth, yeah. and that other epistemologies are not serious, right? Yeah. Um, and I had a good friend who was one of the smartest people I know, so I really respected her, and she kind of opened me up to astrology and did my first reading. And when I read about the emotional emotional and creative nature of Pisces, right. it unlocked something in me. And, and it, made me, it made me feel okay. It made me feel okay in, like, you know, capitalism, masculinity – uh, patriarchy was telling me that as a man I had to be hard and not mm-hmm. creative and practical mm-hmm. and I had all of these things inside mm-hmm. of me all along that mm-hmm. my amulet mm-hmm. was just crying yeah. just always <laughs> crying <laughs> you know and, and, it, and but like I couldn't stop crying and I fought that for so many years and and astrology helped unlock that for me and, yeah. and accept it as a beautiful thing and as a thing that gave me power yeah. and that, you know, rejecting toxic masculinity also gave me a power. Yes. So the storytelling epistemology of astrology helped me heal a lot from right. what had been a youth where I couldn't see those things. I'm curious what, and because I know Joe is not this scientist, but what would you say to a, a scientist? Not that you would ever really want to like reckon with this person. <laughs> Person, but what would you say to a scientist that's looking to debunk or or challenge you in astrology? Again, not that you would give yeah, that yeah. person time or energy, but uh, cool. Like, <laughs> I, like tell me what you know about astrology. And mm. the, uh, yeah, and they would How be like, and they work? would, and they'd be yeah. like, I don't know. They'd be like, I don't know. And, then and you also, would say, let's talk about the history of it. So I don't mm-hmm. care if you believe in. I don't even know what it means to believe in astrology. Exactly. But it's like let's talk about the history of science, Ooh, astronomy, yes. astrology. And medicine, because they all were the same thing. Mm -hmm. I had a really interesting conversation with this doctor, Dr. Darian. Mm -hmm. I think that's what his IG is, right? Mm -hmm. Amazing person. And we had like a five-minute conversation about medicine and astrology. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh, I never knew that. That's so cool. I could could have a conversation with you for hours about this. Mm -hmm. Because there's properties in the body that were originally related to the planets and how – and they are – they still show up in the same way. So he and I can have a conversation mm-hmm. about medical conditions in the body mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we can be 
talking two languages that are related but different but come to the same conclusion. Yeah. And reach at the same point. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Because it's about properties. We're talking about universal properties. Mm-hmm. So the planets are always correlating to the universal properties in the body and on the earth. Mm-hmm. So, mm. and they don't change, right? Like fire is fire, mm-hmm. earth is yeah. earth, water is water, air is air. And those things are found uh, in the sky as well as on the earth and in our bodies. So it's all, it's all related. And any kind of other system of medicine mm-hmm. that will be there too yeah. in its roots. So this is, so sorry. And so I, again, know virtually nothing about astrology, mm-hmm. but I'm just really resonating with this because um, it all sounds a lot like, so when I was in high school, I started studying a lot of other religions. I mm. took religion courses like in my, in, in my classwork. Because Sagittarius. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And I'm like, okay. And it, it, it clocked. And um, I really came away from it for the first time in my life with an under, with, with the idea that like so many different systems of belief and, and systems of faith. And I began to understand how they were systems mm-hmm. um, were really just kind of like different paths towards the same destination. And then I began to sort of think about that in, in larger ways. So I began to mm-hmm. think about the idea that like science, where there were some people in my um, sort of religious circle who were like oh science is, is science is is anti-christian it's anti this anti that and i'm like well i'm taking science classes every day and i'm going to church every week and mm-hmm. none of this actually seems all that inconsistent it right. all kind of right. seems like it actually if you From think about it in a place. different way works yeah. together like yeah. it all works together yeah mm-hmm. and so i don't know any of this really deeply i've not studied science since high school i've never really studied astrology but um this is the way that I have always sort of tried to look at it since since I began to to experience in that way. Mm. So kind of hearing you you talk about that, about how the ways in which even these things that are bigger, like I've never really thought about medicine, I'm not a doctor, mm. um, how they're all working together in one mm. way. It makes so much sense to me. Like we're we're living on one world. That's, of course, part of a bunch of the other planets. But it it just all makes sense to we're me. We're created from every – everything is created from the same properties, right? Yeah. So if we really are stardust, then we're related to everything else around. We tend to think of ourselves as separate from. But these older systems help to kind of loop us back around. So like I might talk about Mars in your chart. Mm -hmm. But uh, but when uh, if if you were coming to me for a medical situation and there was a problem with Mars, then it would be a problem with inflammation, Mm. which might be uh, like rooted in a psychological problem of anger which might be rooted in like a boundary mm. crossing and and then when you look at the sim and then there might be like a, a raising of the blood to the surface of the skin which would give you a rash or inflammation of some kind and then we might look and realize that mars is a the only planet in the sky that's red mm-hmm. so uh, mars has always been related to those things because of the qualities of it but also because what the ancients realize when they tracked it for hundreds of years mm-hmm. what happened when Mars did this and that and this. So there's <sighs> there's a there's a scientific way in which it's been studied for thousands of years, but I wouldn't call it a science per se. Yeah. Right? So I mean I think that I totally it's correlation. Totally, totally agree with that. And yeah. I you know I think the notion also is that like if you accept astrology, that means you reject right. quote unquote Western science. Right. It's like no, it's like two entirely different modes of understanding that inform one another and right. can inform you as a person. Person and right. they feed different portions of you. Right. You're allowed to take ibuprofen for right. your inflammation, right. and and also right. you know 
know, like try to understand a, in a deeper and different way right. where that might be coming from and right. how to fix it holistically, right? right? right. Another yes. thing that I think that will appeal to like a lot of our listeners and anybody with a creative life is that something that I love about astrology is like its ability to like build narratives. It's, it's storytelling. storytelling. It's yeah. like it's like stringing things together and making conclusions and a version of I mean, nothing replaces therapy except for therapy, but like it's a version, it's there, it has a it's therapeutic, therapeutic quality yeah. to it um, that I really love. And that's another reason why I really love tarot, like, and I've just started to dapple in it because it's like, I love the storytelling value. I love building narratives. I love characters. Mm-hmm, I love mm-hmm. um, de- deciphering personality traits and like having, making that make sense. And I will, I will also add in my little Marxist rant that the notion <laughs> that the notion that the only way to view the world is rational, right. you know, that that. That notion is in service of capitalism, white supremacy. Mm-hmm. It is in service mm-hmm. of the status quo. It is in service of getting you to spend money on snaps, medicines snaps, and do- you know. Snaps. So it's mm-hmm. like you know, one can be critical of that and also just accept that that epistemology, you know, sort of Western quote unquote rationality, quote unquote science it, it can inform us and feed us and it also gets to some of the same basic questions about at, at a more basic physical level like what is the nature of the universe what is the nature of uh living beings and you know those are philosophy like questions of philosophy right mm-hmm. so this notion that all of these epistemologies are separate is also false mm-hmm. right they are very much in conversation with one another and quantum theory in the late 20th century proved that mm-hmm. right when when science once again said actually observation alters the outcome of right. an experiment. And that right. then it sort of feeds back on itself to say that actually, okay, no. Because there you're is, in a relationship with ex- what because you're looking you're, at. Y- you as an observer are in a relationship with what you're observing. And because always. everything, you know, every- Which is what astrology is. Exactly. It's a relationship right? with what you're observing. So the, I, and how it might be observing you. Exactly. And so I think these people who are like, <laughs> Dennis just fell that. out yeah. of their chair. I love that. And how it might be observing yeah. you. So like these people who argue that, you know, how can you b- believe in astrology when we're, you know, unable to believe science and climate change? Mm. It's like you are that that framework through which you're viewing so these things in opposition so are, is incredibly sad. Yeah. And Thank you, Joseph, yeah. for always bringing the show back to one of our key brand pillars, quantum theory of the late yes. 20th century. <laughs> yes, yes. I really appreciate it. I'm that. Schrodinger's thought. Right oh. Here. Yeah. oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> will I thought or will I not thought? It's up to you. <laughs> That's really okay. good. Actually, <laughs> I'm impressed. <laughs> I'm curious about the um personal relationship that you develop with people that you read for people oh that gosh. you what you a know question. because because and and i don't mean like intimately but like you uh, <laughs> i didn't <laughs> ask you to but when we got tea Yikes. you were you like, did give me your chart you though. were like you were <laughs> so i don't know what you thought would happen she <laughs> no you you gave me your chart excuse me no the conversation was as follows it was like what are you again oh you're a Taurus and she said are you and what is your rising and I said also Taurus and then you said give me your chart I was asked. And ran I was like, with the receipts. Let me, 
let me also pr- let me just set this I let me set the record straight also I went into this tea being like the one thing you can't do Fran is give your chart to Cheney Nicholas like that is labor she deserves to be paid oh, for everyone that. Like, everyone do does not, it everyone like, must do fucking give do her it your yes. fucking chart and then you I mean I just if you asked me to do anything I would do it um so but I but what, the reason I'm telling this whole story is because like you did make me cry uh and like <laughs> wait Fran has feelings she also looked at my chart for like four seconds and then laughed at it (laughs) and let me tell you why did i laugh let me tell you dear listeners why was this not recorded there's nothing more unsettling than chani nicholas laughing at your birth chart correct correct i'm so ready for but i laughed because why? I don't remember. Because you are doing exactly what your chart wants you to do. Yeah, yeah. So the you are like so a clear manifestation of it. Yeah. So I, it's like it's, it's <laughs> so when I look at charts like that and I know somebody, I'm like, well, this is just going to sound like I'm talking about you because right. yeah, you're right, doing right, a really right, good right, job right, right, of living right. this out. Right. It's much more fun for me when it's some, it's a stranger. Yeah. Because yeah. then I can impress them. Right. <laughs> 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 um, then the read is like fresh. Yeah. And I, but I also know that that's like a common experience when people get their charts read. They have a really deep emotional reaction, maybe because they didn't expect to hear yeah, such yeah, things yeah. about your, themselves. Yeah. And it's similarly in therapy or in when you like have a really good talk with a friend, when you unpack things like that, it just like it works. But yeah, um, yeah I don't know. Like what, when you had, like when you are reading for someone or when you're just talking about their chart in general, like do you like seek an intimate connection or are you, do you, are you very like, you know, pragmatic about it? It really depends on the situation. So some people will come to a reading and the each each person, each reading evokes a different response from me. Mm. And I have to really check myself in that response I'm because sure. sometimes I can get very like um I can get very kind of disciplinarian mm-hmm. in a sense. I can get really like harsh mm-hmm. and so I have a very Saturn-y thing in my chart. <laughs> and so I can be very like, look, da 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 And I have to like mm-hmm. learn how, I have had to learn how to roll that back. And sometimes I think I don't do a very good job with it, but it depends on where the person's at and how receptive they are to what I'm saying. Not so that they are agreeing with everything that I'm saying, but it's about how self-reflective they are are and so when I say something they can meet me in a place Mm -hmm. if someone's not self-reflective then I have to give them more empirical evidence of Mm -hmm. like you did this on this day and in this month you had this thing and I can do that and I I will do that I'll throw that stuff down to create safety with somebody to say like I'm going to like carve out a section of time and we're going to talk about some of the bigger things that happened here just so that you know where I'm coming from and Mm -hmm. what I'm looking at and then I can go around and go into some more personal things. And some people are so defended, rightly so, mm-hmm. and they have the right to be, but it's a lot more work for me. <laughs> um, into the stuff where I'll, you know, there'll be like huge red flags in somebody's chart, and I've got to get there if it's a reading, if it's a full out reading. And so it's always about what how that per- what that person needs in that moment and mm-hmm. how I can best serve them. And sometimes I leave those red flags alone. I don't open up everything, obviously. But when there's something that's standing in the way of what they want mm-hmm. and I can see it clearly, then I need them to be willing to have that conversation with to me. Hear. And most people that come to me are. Some people are not. And then 
it's funny what happens. Mm -hmm. I remember I had this reading a long time ago with this person who was, you know, like quite a figure in the queer community Mm -hmm. uh, in the place that I was at at the time. And I gave them this reading and I was like, and they were, they just sat there with their arms crossed looking at me the whole time, gave me nothing. And I was like sweating bullets. Oh gosh. It was also much earlier in my career. So I wasn't nearly as like confident. (laughs) And I ended up being like, it's kind of like if, and I went on this whole rambling story. I just like made up a story about their chart and they left and they were like not impressed with me and like gave me nothing. Oh, I like fell to pieces. It's a lot of anxiety oh, yeah, when sure. it doesn't work like that. And so a year later. I can't wait for the comeuppance. Oh, I know it's coming. A year later. Or a couple, like a, it was a good amount, a of, amount time, of time, like six months to a year later. They came back to me and they were like, exactly what you said happened verbatim. Oh. And I was just riffing. So it was like something was obviously coming through mm. so that this person could get checked. Yeah. <laughs> but it not be from me. You know what I mean? Right. Mm. And wow. so they were like aghast that everything had come to pass, as I said. And mm. I wasn't even predicting. I, oh. I don't love, like, I, my whole thing is not prediction. That's mm-hmm. not, like, my jam. But I really love to to talk about, like, where people's life purpose lies in their mm. chart. Like, this is the area of your life that you must unpack and live into and explore and do. And if you do, you're going to feel satisfaction. I'm not right. saying it's going to be easy. I'm not saying that everything will be, like, handed to you. But this is where meaning is for you in I your life. Mm. And always people are like, that's exactly what I want to do or that's exactly yeah. what I am doing. I and so it's, it's never off. I've never said that to somebody and been, been like, I don't know what you're talking about. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so um, uh, you all, uh, we're going to turn off the the recording devices and Chani's going to tell us all our life purposes. So uh, <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. Yes. Uh, you signed up for this. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Cute. Well, thank you, everyone. Oh my God. Thank you. I'm feeling like I'm full, but I could fit just one more thing inside me. Uh, Dennis knows what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, we are so excited that actually Chani is the person bringing the dessert for us today. Yes. What is the thing nom, at nom, the nom. end of this episode that you would recommend to all of our listeners? So there is a new show on Netflix called Sex Education. Mm-hmm. I love it already. Mm-hmm. And it stars, well, one of the people in it is... Jillian Anderson. Oh, I love Jillian Anderson. With Amazing. her short, white haircut. Oh. It is to die for. Mm. She plays a sex therapist who has a practice in her home. And she has a teenage son who has problems with his, with, well, his problem is that he can't masturbate. He can't come. He can't, he can't like be intimate with himself. Yeah. Mm. He's probably there. I guess they're like around 16 or something. So he has all of these huge wow. sexual hangups at 16. That's all wow. I did. Right. <laughs> right, 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 right. So he's totally different than everybody right. in his school. And then you go into the universe of his school and it's just everybody's sexual escapades, problems, mm-hmm. issues that da, da. And he, without, this is a minor spoiler alert. Cause it happens, I think in the second episode, but he becomes the sex therapist at the school. Oh, 
Oh my god. There are queer relationships. Yes. There are just like they just like go everywhere. There's stuff about <gasps> masturbation. There's like female masturbation, like ejaculation, all the things, daddy issues, mama issues. Love daddy like issues, it's love mama issues. Dennis. Dennis is only daddy issues ever. Daddy Sup- issues. Yeah. Super cute. Uh like, you know, teenage foray into teenagehood, but also with the overlap of the mom and how she's, you know, um, the word inappropriate <laughs> Fair. Fair. Um, and the impact on her son and yet she's like a really loving mother and everybody's like got a really nice complex character and they give backstory on everybody and it's it's sweet i mean one thing that i'm very proud of and, and with our very extremely slutty podcast is our mm-hmm. ability to like talk talk through and talk about things that are uh deemed taboo mm-hmm. and i love that there that it's that a network as big as Netflix is like trying to put things out there that are addressing taboo yeah. like very unashamedly especially yeah, as absolutely. it comes to as it pertains to sex education and sex therapy which is a thing that like we are deprived of in this yeah. and queerness absolutely. and queerness, queerness. Oh, yeah. oh my god and the and the boys in it have a really like there's a the two best friends one's straight one's not and they have a really loving relationship um and oh. they've been BFF since like 9 years old and they hug and they dance and they dress up in drag to go to Hedwig and like oh. it's a whole thing. There's that, a, that's amazing. I'm gonna start crying because I yeah. don't. It, it has felt impossible for me to have straight male friends. Oh my gosh! <laughs> because I like I just was bullied by them yeah. all of my yeah. youth and yeah. even through college. So yeah. it's like a thing that feels really yeah. hard. And so that sort of loving yeah. uh, relationship like from a straight man, I couldn't and, imagine. Like I always it's really sweet. Uh, it's great role modeling. Yeah, I think. yeah, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, thanks for that, Chan. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I can't wait to go and watch it. <laughs> This episode of Food for Thought was made possible by the generous, unequivocal support of Rosé mm. and also our new home at Forever Doll. Our producer is our sexual North Star, Alexandra De Palma. Yes, I will follow you anywhere, mama. <laughs> our social media manager is the Allison Janey of the podcasting world, Christina Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes or Channy will literally hex you. Yes! I swear to God. <laughs> Do we it. make it happen. Okay. <laughs> I'm Fran. You can find me at Fran Squish Co. on Instagram and Twitter and also Venmo, honestly. If you want to be there. Yeah. I'm Dennis Norris II. And you can find me on Twitter at the Earl Denden, T H E E A R L T E N D E N. I'm Joseph Osmondson. You can find me at www.josephosmondson.com. That is such a good crowd. <laughs> I'm Chani Nicholas, and you can find me at C H A N I N I C H O L A S.com. Find us on Instagram at Gay Sluts Who Read and join us on Facebook at Twitter at Food for Thought Pod, where each week we pin some questions at the top of our page to continue the discussion of this week's episode. Mm-hmm. Sign up for our newsletter to see a list of everything we are reading, show notes, and some extra delectable content at foodforthoughtpodcast.com. And finally, email us your questions, thoughts, concerns, and dick, dick pics at, food, at thoughts at foodforthoughtpodcast.com. As always, that is food, the number four, and thoughts spelled how? T H O T. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started.